0: Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Renner and I'm not seated in my normal seat where normally I film my TV program because this week we felt we needed to give you an update about what is happening with all of the relief packages that you have helped to provide. And many, many, many of you are calling and writing and sending us emails and saying, do you need more help? Yes, we do. The last time we came to you, there were about 1 million displaced people. Now, There are almost 5 million displaced people. Denise, think of that number. 5 million people who grabbed their kids, grabbed their grandkids, took the clothes on their back, grabbed their most important documents and hit the road. Many of them not even knowing where they were going. And Denise, it even includes many members of our staff that were in Kiev. They are scattered all over the place, and they are so committed to their ministry that they took their laptops with them. They're online and were ministering to people. And hey, friends, in this period of time, we have received over a hundred thousand urgent prayer requests from people that are reaching out to us because they believe that we're a safe place for them to reach out to. For 30 years, we've been wrapping our arms around Russian speakers and Ukrainian speakers, and people know that we're for peace and we're for everybody. So they reach out to us when they have a need. And many of them have reached out to us from their dachas in the country, walking along the road, bomb shelters, the bottom of metros, basements where they're hiding, but they know if they can just get online and reach out to us, they will find somebody in our ministry that will pray with them. And Denise and Paul, our team has ministered to over 100,000 people who sent their prayer requests. And hey, we're not just praying with them, we're sending them relief. In every one of these boxes, there are 20 meals. Every box is $60. It's $3 a meal. Many people have paid for an entire box or multiple boxes. Some people have sent $3 because that's what they can give. Hey, that's a lot. If that's what you can do, that's a lot. $3 will feed somebody. When you put food in someone's stomach, you've done something marvelous. And we're delivering all this help in the hands of God sent evangelists who are preaching the gospel at the same time that they're putting food in their stomachs. And guess what we learned, guys? In some places, it hasn't been valuable to send a box of food because they don't have a stove to cook on. So in those places, we have provided clothes. We have provided hot meals. It's so wonderful, for example, to see what one of the churches is doing in the eastern part of Europe where they're feeding hot meals to people who haven't had a hot meal in a long long time. That is so powerful. And when you give to this special relief project, you're helping to provide those hot meals. And we're told in Proverbs chapter 19 verse 17 that when you give to the poor or to those that are struggling, you lend to the Lord, and the Lord himself will repay you. It is a promise that when you reach out with your heart, with your compassion, and with your finances to help somebody that's struggling, God will make sure you're taken care of when you're in need. That is powerful. Paul, tell us about the groups of evangelists that we've sent with
1: all this relief. First of all, I'd like to say thank you. The need is much greater than we could possibly even imagine. People need everything, any type of help. And along with the food that you have helped provide, we're also sharing the gospel. We're giving them a Bible and the 90th Psalm. We're finding ways that we can connect with them in the future so that we can connect these people that we are meeting with right now to a church. Thank you so much for what you are doing. We've been able to collect everything that we need in church. People in church have come over the week to prepare all of these boxes and packets. The church is just full of life. In fact, Paul, yesterday, Mom and I were there, and when we saw
0: all those boxes, uh, it just melted my heart. Denise, it was amazing, wasn't it?
2: It was amazing. I, I felt like we were standing in the middle of the love of God. We saw so much rice. We saw diapers. I mean, it just—all those boxes were just filled with the love of God and the care of God's people. And thank you so much for what you have given. You are really touching somebody else for the gospel.
0: It's tons and tons of supplies. You know, when you say you're going to send tons, it's something. But when you see the supplies, it is overwhelming. It's like a mountain of relief, which we're sending to people that are in need, Paul.
1: People started signing up. ...faster than we could even imagine to come to church, to help prepare these boxes, and to go on the mission trips. Uh, we've already done three mission trips right now. We're partnering with other people that are also doing some of the things that we're doing right now... ...and doing everything we can possibly do to get this food and other things to the people that need relief as quick as possible. It's urgent. It's really urgent because they need help now. They don't need help tomorrow. They don't need help day after tomorrow. They need help now. They have a felt need right now, and we're uniquely positioned to be able to do that right now.
0: You know, we've been here 30 years, and we've been working with churches in Ukraine for three decades, and actually churches in this whole part of the world. (coughs) And because of that, we have relationships with pastors and churches all over this region that are partnering with us. And so far, we've been able to provide relief to Romania, Mm -hmm. Moldova, to the Czech Republic, to Poland to Bulgaria, to Latvia, to those in Ukraine, and to some who have fled to the east and are now across the border in Russia. They're displaced people too. There's a lot of them there. So many people living in camps and children that are living in buildings together, 500 children in one place, and we're able to help those children because of you. Because you've given, because you've provided these boxes of relief or maybe just a single meal, we have been able to help all of those children. And that's just one place where the children are gathered. There are many, many, many displaced children that are not even with their parents. Imagine that, not even being with your parents or your grandparents, not knowing the people that are taking care of you, but we can reach out and wrap our arms around them. We believe in the laying on of hands. Well, we can't touch all those people with our hands, but with this food and with this relief, we can wrap our arms around those people and love them and believe for the power of God to be imparted to their
1: lives. Paul? Of course, we're doing everything we can to minister to people that have been displaced, people that have left their homes, but we also have a few brave people who have actually entered into the areas right now that it's dangerous to be in, to bring food to those people who are literally starving. And I ask you please to pray for our mission teams right now that are doing everything they can possibly do to bring relief to those people that need help right now. We're doing everything we can do. You're doing everything you can do. We're doing it together, and together we're partners with the Lord.
0: You know, we're told in Jude 22, and if some have compassion, making a difference. And that word compassion, Denise, is the word Elios, That Greek word Elias doesn't describe just pity that says, oh, that's so sad. That doesn't change anything. To look at somebody that's dying and say, that's just so sad. That just breaks my heart, but I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm just going to sit here and feel pity for them. That's not mercy. That's not compassion. The word Elias which is used in Jude 22, describes a compassion that's driven to do something, to rectify a situation, to do whatever it can. And that's why the rest of the verse says to make a difference. And if some have compassion, making a difference. And that's what we're doing, Denise.
2: Oh, it's so powerful to make a difference for somebody else. You know, a lot of you I know are sitting there thinking, I've been praying about what I could do for those people that are suffering. Well, here is an opportunity to really touch them. Like here's a blanket that you could give a mom and she could put it around her child. I mean, that's so important. What if you were that mom? When Rick was talking about mothers you know leaving their husbands and grabbing their children and grabbing their documents and grabbing as many things as they could to, could to to go to another place i was thinking about what that would be like what would that be like if you were that mother if i was that mother what would it mean to you to receive a gift a blanket even these, these scriptures, the, these, Bible,
0: the Bible, and a book about repentance, the 91st Psalm, because it has promises of protection and provision.
2: I mean, a lot of these people, they, they don't know Jesus. They don't know him. And when they understand from receiving a blanket or, or maybe some soap, you think, soap, that's not a big deal. Well, if you haven't had a bath in five or six or seven days or two weeks, it's a very big deal. And and then to receive the 91st Psalm and hear about how God loves you, we are changing. We are making a difference. And that is you. That's your hands. That's your heart that's making a difference.
0: And do you know what? In addition to these boxes and the Bible and the book on repentance and the 91st Psalm, we're giving every single person something else, a personal letter stating this relief Mm -hmm. has been provided by our church, our ministry, and by our partners with information about how they can join us online in our internet church. You may not know it, but we have a very, very, very large internet church. It's about 200,000 people. Now, I don't know about you, but I think that's a lot of people. And I'm talking about people who regularly attend our internet church. We have so many people in our internet church that we have 400 volunteers, including counselors, who are constantly online to minister to our internet family. Well, think about it. Now they're going to have information about how they can join us. So not only are we giving them a box of food and giving them the Bible and a book about repentance and the 91st Psalm, we're telling them how they can join us regularly so they can get saved and we can begin to teach them the Bible. Where do you think they're going to want to go to church? They're going to want to hear what we had to say. If we love them enough to give them food when they needed food, they're going to want to hear what we
1: have to say about the Word of God. So I'm so excited about that, Paul. This gives us an opportunity to be part of the solution. There are so many things in life that we just can't do so much about. We can pray, we can trust the Lord, but when we talk about things endlessly and talk about our opinions on the matter and who's right and who's wrong and how does this all work out, it, it doesn't do very much constructive. But when we can put our efforts together to help people, we actually become part of the solution and we begin to bring joy, we begin to bring food, we begin to bring faith into other people's lives. And that's that's what's so encouraging to me right now is it gives us an
0: opportunity to do something. And this is something we can all do. Someone can provide an entire box, which is $60, Somebody can provide $3, which is a whole meal. That is a very significant event when you put a single meal in someone's stomach. But hey, I want us to turn to Galatians chapter 6 to some verses that are on my heart today. Are you ready? Ready. So reach for your Bibles and let's go to Galatians chapter 6, where it seems like there's a conflict in Scripture, but there's not. And in Galatians chapter 2, verse 2, Paul says, "...bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ." But then when you get to verse 5, he says, "...for every man shall bear his own burden." And people say, well, this is very contradictory. But really, it's not. He's talking about two different things. When you come to Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, and he says, "...bear ye one another's burdens... And so fulfill the law of Christ. That word burden, the Greek word baras, it describes something so heavy that it's decimating. It's crushing. It's a weight so heavy that one person should not have to carry it by himself. And here Paul says, when you see someone carrying a heavy, heavy burden, rather than let them carry it by themselves, fulfill the law of Christ and crawl under that burden and help them carry it. Which means... If you see someone in your church family that's really going through a hard time, you can crawl under that burden with them and help them through that hard time. Or now, we know people that have been displaced, including many, many believers Mm -hmm. who hit the road with their kids and their grandkids. They're displaced. They're carrying a heavy, heavy load. It's too much for them to bear by themselves. And we can crawl under that And we can help them by providing this relief. But then you come to verse four, and Paul says, every man shall bear his own burden. And guess what, guys? That word burden is the Greek word for tidzo. And it was the word which was used to describe the backpack that was carried by Roman soldiers when they went out on a military campaign. And every Roman soldier was required to carry his own weight. And really, when you come to this verse, The Apostle Paul says that when it comes to giving or when it comes to helping others, God has given to each one of us a particular assignment. He's given us something that we are supposed to do. It's our backpack. It's our assignment in whatever it is, and we can't expect somebody else to do it. Just imagine if a Roman soldier said, you know what, I don't like carrying this backpack, so I'm going to pile my backpack on top of another soldier. And everybody began to pile their backpacks on that one soldier. And that one soldier said, I'll do my best, but he's just loaded down with all those backpacks while everybody else walks around freely. That's not fair. And now the apostle Paul is saying, when we come to a moment of need, it's time for us all to accept our responsibility in resolving the problem. That's really what this verse is about. And actually, when you continue in the text, it's very clear that Paul is talking about giving. Let's go on. He says in verse six, let him that is taught in the word, communicate unto him that teacheth and all good things. That word communicate means to financially share or to give. We have a God-given responsibility to give, and we can't say, I'm going to let somebody else do it. Each one of us have been given a backpack that God expects us to carry, and that is our responsibility to give in times of need. And then you come to the most amazing verse, Galatians chapter six, verse seven, be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And Denise, I have to say that for me, I believe this is the most guiding verse of my entire life. This verse has radically affected me. It says, be not deceived. Don't let anybody pull your leg and tell you that it doesn't work. God is not mocked. And the word mocked, describes the attitude of somebody who turns their nose up at God as if to say, ah, this doesn't work. This is just a racket. And Paul says, don't do that. This is a law that is never denied. It is a law that is never, never broken. And what is the law? Whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And notice it says whatever. And the Greek is very clear. It doesn't matter what you sow it's gonna come back to you. For example, if you sow love, guess what's gonna come back to you? You're gonna reap love. If you sow mercy, then when you need mercy, guess what you're gonna receive? You're gonna receive mercy. If you sow patience with somebody that you're tempted to have no patience with, then when you need somebody to be patient with you, you're going to reap a harvest of patience. If you sow time, when you think you don't have any time, then when you need time time is going to come back to you whatsoever a man soweth and it also applies to finances so if you sow finances when you need finances guess what you're going to receive you're going to receive finances it is the law of sowing and reaping it is never violated it is never broken it is a fact whatever a man sows that shall he also reap? And Denise, the word soweth in Greek means whatever a man sows and sows and sows and sows and keeps on sowing that, and the Greek is very emphatic, that very self, same thing that he sowed, whatever it is, that is exactly the thing that he's going to reap. And the word reap agrees with the word soweth which means you would translate it, whatever a man sows and sows and sows and sows and sows, that is the very same thing that he's going to reap and reap and reap and reap and reap, which means the level of your reaping is determined by the level of your sowing. Whatever a man sows, that is the very same thing that he's going to reap. And that is the law of God. And Paul says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. This is a law that is never violated. It is never broken. And then let's continue. He goes on and he says this in verse nine, and let us not be weary in well-doing for in due season, we shall reap If we faint not. Now, if a farmer plants a seed today and he expects a harvest tomorrow, he has an unrealistic expectation because it takes time for the seed to grow. Sometimes harvests come quickly, but usually it takes time before the harvest comes back to you. I remember when I was a young boy, I wanted to grow corn. So I found a piece of free land at my dad's house. And I went out alongside the garage and I planted corn seeds. And every day I was so excited to see if those corn stalks were beginning to pierce up through the soil. And I got discouraged because day after day, after school, I'd run to that little patch of ground and I saw nothing. And after about a week, a week, I got so tired of waiting for my harvest that I got out a little hand spade and begin to dig up all the seeds to see what was happening. And guess what I discovered? The seeds were sprouting roots. They were beginning to grow. And I destroyed my harvest because I dug up my seeds. And every time I read this verse about due season, I think about that. If I had been patient and if I had waited, I would have received a harvest on my seed. And now in this verse, it says, let us not be weary in well-doing. Giving is well-doing. And Paul promises in due season, we will reap if we don't dig up our seed or if we faint not. And then he continues and he says in the next verse, as we therefore have opportunity. Denise, this is an opportunity. We have an opportunity to do something for somebody who's really in trouble to crawl under their burden and to help them by providing a box of relief or a single meal, maybe multiple boxes, whatever the Holy Spirit instructs you to do. It says, as we have opportunity, therefore, let us do good unto all men and especially unto them who are of the household of faith. And right now we're helping all men. Some of them are saved. Some of them are unsaved. Many, many people have fled. Believers have fled. Unbelievers have fled. And we have an opportunity to help all men and especially those who are of the household of faith. Our brothers and sisters who have lost their homes, many of their homes have been bombed or burned. They don't even have a home to go back to. They have fled and they don't even know if they're ever going to come back home again. And we have an opportunity to do good to all men, all men, and provide them with a Bible, a book about repentance, the 91st Psalm, a box of relief, a blanket, a hot meal, soap to take a shower. We can do something for them, and especially to them who are of the household of faith. And I remind you again, dear friend, we are distributing all of this relief through the hands of evangelists, and in partnering churches that are working with us, because we know they're really going to get it to the people that need it, and not just fill their stomachs, but also give them the gospel, Denise.
2: Oh, it's so exciting. And Rick, I want to go back to this verse where it says, fulfill the law of Christ. When I saw that, I thought, This is the heart of Christ. This is what's on his heart is to help other people. And when we, when you take part in this or you do something for somebody else, you're joining in with Christ, fulfilling that law to help somebody else. I think that's powerful.
1: Amen, Paul. Mm, Amen. In church, there's a unique way that God has put us together to serve each other. One sows, another waters, but God gives the increase. Amen. It seems like what one person does is so little, but then you add what another person does, and it also seems like not very much, but you put that together, and that's, that's something, but it still requires the supernatural intervention that only God can provide. And so when we do these things together, we're doing them by faith, but you're doing your part, we're doing our part, the people that are on the mission trips are doing their part, the pastoring churches and people that are joining us when we get down to these areas that need help, they're doing their part. All together, everybody's doing their own part, but it's God that's giving the increase. So we're doing these things by faith, believing that one little step can actually make a difference. Mm, so
0: powerful. And think about the people that are reaching out to us right now with prayer requests. Over 100,000 people have reached out to us with their prayer requests. Think about that number. And what is amazing to me is our team has answered every single one of them because we believe if somebody's going to take the time to reach out to us, then we're going to take the time to respond to them. Mm -hmm. And in the same way, when you reach out to us to become a part of this project, let us know how to pray for you. You're not going to get away from us before we have really released our faith for Jesus to do something mighty in your life. And Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call unto me and I'll hear you and I'll answer you and show you great and mighty things. Listen to that, call unto me. So you got to call out, but it's not enough just to call out. You got to call out in faith and we'll do that with you. He will hear us, he will answer us and he will show you great And mighty things. And my friends, the Bible promises us in Proverbs 19, verse 17, that when you give to those that are struggling, you're lending to the Lord, and the Lord's going to respond to you. He Himself is going to. Repay you. This is the very reason why, when we're walking through Moscow or anywhere and I see somebody that's begging, I never walk past that person without putting something in their hand. I've got this scripture in my mind all the time that he who gives to the poor lends to the Lord, and the Lord repays him. It's a way of life for me. And right now, we have such an opportunity to do something significant. In the lives of those that are struggling, we can crawl under their burden, fulfill the law of Christ. We can help them. Each one of us can bear our own responsibility in this very important outreach and make a difference in somebody else's life. Denise.
2: You know, Rick, when you were talking about the backpack and you were talking about putting the backpack on that one soldier and another backpack on that, uh, on that soldier and another backpack and I'm loading him down. Well, I was thinking when we are ministering to others, when we become a part of this relief, we're removing those backpacks.
0: From those that are burdened. Off
2: of those that are burdened. One by one. Here goes another backpack. Oh, the burden's getting lighter. Oh, there goes another backpack. (gasps) I felt that. Oh, there goes another backpack. And that is what you're doing in ministry to these people.
0: I'm just so thankful to you for what you've already done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Your response has been so generous. Amazing. And if it's on your heart to continue to help us, we need your help. You know, in all of these years, we've never regularly done this. It is the first time we've ever come and said, we need help. It's not for us. Proverbs 31 verse 9 says to plead the cause of those that are in trouble. We're pleading the cause of people that have been displaced, including many brothers and sisters. And this is our opportunity to do something to make a difference. And remember Jude 22 Says of some have compassion, making a difference. Don't just sit and watch the TV and listen to the news and say, That's so sad. You can do something. You can do something to make it better for somebody else. And that's what we're doing by sending them a box full of relief, 20 meals in every box. Providing them information about how to join us online so we can begin to teach them the Bible, giving them a Bible, giving them a book about how to repent. And the 91st Psalm, our goal is to see lives saved, rescued, and transformed. And we want to say thank you
1: for helping us. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for watching this broadcast. For more information on product resources or to learn how you can partner with this ministry. Please connect with us at runner.org. Also, please be sure to visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.